Hello, and welcome to the Convos with Kayla podcast. On this podcast, I will be sharing what God has been teaching me lately while also featuring guests on the show. This is a relaxed place to feel like you're having a cup of coffee or tea and talking about Christian lifestyle with vulnerability, challenging ourselves on our beliefs and actions as believers of Jesus, growing deeper in scripture, sharing testimonies of God's faithfulness, and exploring how we can grow deeper in love with our King while living for His glory. Make sure to subscribe, share with your friends, and enjoy the episode. Hello, and welcome back to the episode, and welcome to season four. Wow, it has been a hot minute. Can we just say that it feels a little weird, not going to lie, being back in my closet with a microphone in front of me. But guys, I'm so excited to be back. It's been about eight or nine months um, since the last episode of season three came out. And then I kind of just dipped out. I didn't even say I was ending the season. And I also said I was going to start season four in October. Some things came up. And now, almost five months later, we are recording season four. So I'm very excited to be on here. Um, I will say, though, podcasting while being at Bible school was much harder than I thought it was going to be. Shocker. I know. Um, but I was able to record some episodes with some dear friends of mine at school. So make sure you go back to season three and listen to those. But since it's been a bit since I last recorded, I wanted to update y'all on some things that the Lord has done in my heart and life, especially since I want this to be just a genuine conversation that we're having, you know, just feeling like, okay, two friends having a conversation. I don't know if you're a coffee drinker or tea drinker. Currently, I'm just a tea drinker. Um, But I just, yeah, I want this to just be a genuine conversation between two friends. So coming home from Bible school in May, it was a pretty tough time for me. Um, I was honestly in just a weird funk. I had just said goodbye to all my Bible school family and friends. um, And I started a long distance relationship as well as long distance friendships with my best friends. The month directly after Bible school finished, um, I began a two-month season of feeling extremely discontent. I was wrestling with God on some things that felt like was the world to me, and I was trapped inside of this Kayla bubble. I was in this tough place when my boyfriend at the time came from out of the country to come and see me. And even during that visit, I just felt so tired and depressed and anxious and discontent And I was trying to hide it, you know, I was trying to enjoy this visit, but those were the feelings that I was feeling all summer. And I was just, I was feeling quite frustrated being in this place, Um, which then led to a time of, I lost my job, um, which then brought me to this time of a month and a half of just feeling extremely numb, lonely, and lost, which was weird because I was just starting to get plugged in to a new community. I had a boyfriend. Um, things with my family was getting a lot better. I, you could look at my life on the outside and be like, wow, she in a way has it all. Like for me growing up, I thought, okay, if I at least have a great family, I have a roof over my head, food to eat. And if I have a boyfriend, because that to me was the world, then I'm okay. I had all of these things and yet I felt so empty inside And I hadn't felt this empty in a very long time, which was also very discouraging. I felt purposeless, especially since I didn't have a job to distract myself with. And as my family and I were dropping off my sister at Bible school, I got invited to come back to Bible school as a second year student. 
I was immediately tempted to do that because in my mind, God wasn't showing up for me. I had, quote, quote, the world. Like, I had everything that as a kid, I thought, okay, if I had all those things, like, I was significant. I was doing great. When in reality, none of those things, including a boyfriend, is going to bring you significance or is going to bring you that fulfillment and satisfaction. Only the Lord can do that. So in this period of my life, I didn't have direction in my life. Um, I just let go of a staff position at Bible school that I firmly believed that the Lord was leading me into. Um, And I was starting to feel really disconnected with my boyfriend, but I didn't know what was going on exactly. So I had all of these things that were stirring in my heart, but I kept pushing them off to the side and being like, oh, it's okay. I didn't get that position or, oh, you know, my boyfriend and I are feeling a little disconnected, but it's okay. Like God's going to work it out or, oh, I, I'm starting to lose one of my guy best friends because he's dating my, my best friend here in Colorado. Like, but that's okay. Like life, you know, life goes on. God's going to get me through. So I was just pushing aside all of my feelings instead of working through them with the Lord. I was so confused also as to what God had planned for me, for my future, um, even in that moment in the present, but I kept relying on my own plans and relying on my own strength. In that month and a half, I didn't want to turn to the word. I didn't want to pray, and I was struggling with not feeling like God was showing up at all. God then led me to start a new job. Um, He then opened up some other doors for opportunities, for ministry, He's bringing new people into my life, a new community, Um, but he also took out my boyfriend out of my life, and that was a pretty tough time because I had wrapped my whole future around this person. I was ready to also release this new podcast for season four a week before my breakup, so there was just a lot of things that I had set up personally for, you know, dominoes, like picture dominoes, like I had set these things up. And if anyone touched them, the whole stack was going to fall over. So I was hovering over the stack saying, nope, this is mine. This is my life. No one can touch it. The Lord got through and he gently, as he always does with his kindness and his love, he pushed down that one domino and that created the whole domino effect. For me, that was my world. And I felt shattered in a way. So these four months have not been what I expected. But now I'm really, really, oh, I'm so excited to share these episodes with you all in hopes that it encourages someone who's in a similar spot that I was in and still currently am in at times. Um, I'm just so excited to share just what God has been teaching me in these last four months and just truly open up to you all um, with honesty and vulnerability to hopefully encourage someone who is also struggling in this season. But ultimately, everything that I have gone through has taught me more about who God is and who I am in Him. And I'm so stoked to share that with you all, ultimately, for His glory and for His kingdom. So originally, when I first recorded this episode back in October, I felt like the Lord kept putting on my heart this whole statement of, even if you don't learn a big lesson that you can share with your friends or write a post about it, will you be okay with that? The Lord was kind of showing me in that season that not every season is going to be this big, aha, I learned this type moment, you know, where you post on Instagram and you're like, haha, you know, I've, I've conquered the world. Um, but sometimes all God is going to teach us in a season is to slow down. Sometimes all he's going to teach us is to rest in him and to take a step back. 
And now that I look back on that season that I was in for that month and a half period before my breakup and before I had a job and just feeling so confused and empty and lost, I can see now in that season he was teaching me what it meant to rest in him and to take a step back. And ultimately, he was preparing me for the next things that were going to start happening in October. In Hosea 6, 1 through 3, it says that, well, first of all, I just got to state this section wrecked me. (laughs) You know, when you read a scripture passage, and you're like, oh my gosh, thank you, Jesus, but that hurts. You know, that's where I was at. Um, And so I had to read this section again and again and again during those times. And so Hosea 6, 1 through 3 says, Come, let us return to the Lord, for he has torn us, that he may heal us. He has struck us down, that he will bind us up. So after two days, he will revive us. And on the third day, he will raise us up, that we may live before him. Let us know, let us press on to know the Lord. His going out is sure as the dawn He will come to us as the showers, as the spring rains that water the earth. Can we just take a minute to just sit and soak that in? To come and let us return before the Lord. For he has torn us that he may heal us. That passage has been the defying passage of my my season that I've been since really the summertime, um, but specifically starting in October, which I'll, I'll share more about that in a future episode. But that passage just wrecked me for it, it made me realize the Lord has to tear me down to actually get to my heart to heal me. And it was convicting to come to terms with this verse because, you know, I was in this place of just feeling like, God, you're not showing up. And this is a really hard time, especially in my breakup. Oh, I was mad at God. I was really mad. And I've had to remind myself again and again that though my flesh is getting torn apart and I feel struck down, I need to press on to know the Lord. I've been reminded of a quote quite often by C.S. Lewis that says, relying on God has to begin all over again every day as if nothing had yet been done. This This quote reminds me that this reliance on Christ is a daily practice to reflect and to remember who God is even in our trials. And Habakkuk 3, 17 through 19 was another convicting section, which says, Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there will be no herd in the stalls. Yet... I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer. He makes me tread on high places. So throughout these eight months, the Lord has been showing me why I didn't allow or why he didn't allow me to get that position at school or why he didn't bring me back to Bible school as a second year student and why he's allowed this breakup to happen. He's shown me through all of this, through these things that in the moment felt like he was just stripping away all these dreams and desires I had. He's now been revealing to me that he has much deeper and better dreams for me. And they've been coming alive again and again and again. I feel so at peace in the Lord. 
I feel alive again. I feel like I can be myself again. I feel content in the Lord for each season has a purpose and he is the one who holds it all in his hands. And that doesn't define whether he's trustworthy or not, no matter what happens in your season. Because no matter what, he is trustworthy and he is good. So this season has grown my dependence in him and has taught me how to trust in him like never before. So I wanted to share a phrase that I was studying a lot back in September, which I think is ironic that I was starting to study this passage um, or these couple of passages as well as this term because I really believe this was starting to build the foundation for the hard breakup and the letting go of that position and, you know, all these various things um, that were about to happen. This was the foundation that was being built underneath me. And I literally had no idea that that was what was happening. So take courage. In Acts 23, Paul is coming to the council. And in verse one, he says, and looking intently at the council, Paul said, brothers, I have lived my life before God in all good conscience up to this day. So Paul basically is expressing to the people that he has lived this life for the Lord. And then he totally roasts the council and calls them out by calling them a whitewashed wall later on, which I think, by the way, let's just take a second. That is a legendary roast. Like I kind of sometimes wish I was as bold as Paul and just be like, yo, you whitewashed wall. Like (laughs) maybe that's really prideful to say that, but you know, just, I don't know. It was a legendary roast. So I give it to Paul. Well done, man. Um, but basically, after he does this roast, the Paul, the priest then call Paul out for roasting God's high priest. So Paul then backtracks in verse 5 and says, I did not know, brothers, that this was your high priest, for it is written, you shall not speak evil of the ruler of your people. So now he's quoting scripture at them and trying to be like, okay, I made a mistake, but I'm still a godly man, you know, um, trying to back himself out of that hole. But then there's the assembly with the Sadducees and the Pharisees. So some are talking about having faith with grace while others are talking about the law. So they're basically disagreeing with each other about what Paul was just preaching to them. So then they force Paul into the barracks and they start torturing him. Then the next passage in the next section is the plot to kill Paul. So before this section ends, though, in verse 11, it is written and it says, The following night the Lord stood by him. In the barracks, he stood by him and said, Take courage, for as you have testified to the facts about me in Jerusalem, so you must testify also in Rome. So the le- the Lord led Paul to Jerusalem. Keep in mind, the Lord led Paul to Jerusalem. And Paul already knew this would be a time of tension, but he still followed in obedience. So after Paul was in this place of getting beamed down, scars on his body, basically falling apart, a time of just like, really, Lord, you led me here, and now I'm in this terrible place. I know if that would happen to me, I'd be like, yeah, see, you're not trustworthy. But that was not Paul's response at all. And then in this time of loneliness, you know, he's in in prison alone by himself after being tortured. So in this time of loneliness, he then says, Well, Christ comes to him and gives him this encouragement and says, take courage for you have testified the facts about me. He does not say, it's okay, you're going to get through this, or I know this is painful right now, but trust me. No, Christ says, it says the Lord stood next to him and says, take courage for you have testified the facts about me. Wow. Take courage 
in Greek is theraseo. And the breakdown of that word is to dare, to be bold, and to be cheerful, to be confident. So basically what the Lord is telling Paul in this time of loneliness, after he's been tortured, after he followed the Lord to Jerusalem, following him in obedience, now the Lord is saying, be bold, be cheerful, be confident. So this Greek word is only mentioned five other times in the New Testament. So take courage is mentioned in Proverbs multiple times and other mentions throughout the Old Testament. But when it's used in the Old Testament, it basically means to pick up courage. But when it's in the New Testament, it's only spoken five times. And those five times are only spoken by Christ. How cool is that? Like when Christ says to take courage in the New Testament, he's emphasizing to take courage in Christ, not in ourselves, not in our circumstances, not in a status It means to take courage in Christ. So here are the five other mentions in the New Testament for where it says to take courage. The first time is in Matthew 9, 2, which says, And behold, some people brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to him, Take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. The second time is Matthew 9, 22, when Jesus turned and he said, Seeing her, take heart, my daughter, your faith has made you well. And instantly the woman was made well. The third time was in Matthew 14, 27, when Jesus was walking on the water to meet the disciples in the boat during the storm. It says, but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. The fourth time was in John 16, 33, where it says, I have said these things to you that in me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take courage. I've overcome the world. And then the fifth time was in the passage that I just shared with you all when Paul was in prison in Acts 23, 11. So every time this word was spoken in the New Testament was when people were at the end of themselves in a place of desperation. The first one was when this man was broken and could not stand up. He could not walk. He could not run. And he was taken to Jesus. The second time was when a young woman came to Jesus in faith to be healed. She was judged by everyone. She was an outcast and yet she was healed. The third time was when the disciples were living in fear in this storm that they were going to drown, and here comes Jesus, and he came, and he met them. The fourth time was when Jesus was telling the disciples to be set apart with heads that were, you know, ready to, to look up and to walk out in their faith for the kingdom, for Jesus was about to leave soon, and then this was the time In the the fifth passage that Paul had been beaten up, he was alone in prison. And in this time of loneliness and fear, God God used this to, you know, to, to come and speak to him, to advance the gospel in that moment. So these people who came to the end of themselves are now stories of redemption and provision that bring us hope years later. So for me, my question is, if we just rely on Christ and that is all we do, That in itself is building the kingdom and encouraging others. But do we see the power in that? Do we see the power in our hardship, in our suffering, in times where people are taking out of our lives or a job doesn't happen or college isn't what you thought it was going to be or, you know, whatever it is. Do we see that in our hardships, God is advancing the gospel even in those moments? How often do we look at our life and circumstances and think this is hard right now, but how is Christ going to advance the gospel in this? How is he going to use me or this hard season to encourage my brothers and sisters in Christ? And y'all, 
don't get me wrong. Like, I get that hard seasons of life are hard. (laughs) I, oh man, I get it. I know sometimes though, as an encourager, I can come across as I'm doing fine. And then when other people are going through hardships, I can come across as like the one coming in and just being like, yeah, but you know, you're, you're doing great because God is good. Like, but trust me when I say this, I understand. I understand the pain, the crying on the floor at midnight, the moments of raising your voice at God in the car, the times where you're done trying and you just want to sleep or scroll on Instagram to numb the pain, the times of just wanting to stuff and numb things so that you don't have to go through the heart surgery. I get it. So I'm challenging myself just as much and maybe more honestly to also challenge you all to have the perspective that seasons of life even if they're not your preferred or what you thought it would look like, those seasons, how can God be encouraging you in that moment to take on courage? We can thank God for this season, for he's advancing the gospel even in this moment. And I think that's maybe why Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, to rejoice always, to pray continually, to give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So I want to encourage you, friends, find rest in the Lord. Find rest in the courage that he challenges you to take on through Christ. Take on courage. Be confident. Be cheerful in Christ. With all that to be said, I just want to thank you all for supporting my podcast. I know that was kind of like a drastic change um, from taking courage and come on, you know, these moments can be used for the gospel and let's let's look at our suffering and our hardship as moments where God's being glorified. Um, so I know, like I said, that was a drastic change, but I did truly just want to say thank you for supporting my podcast and Instagram and to express to you all how excited I am for season four. Um, yeah, I, I'm just so excited for this season. I, I have some pretty awesome guests that I have loved getting to know over the last few months that I've loved seeing their hearts, um, through their struggles and their pain. And these people are going to come on my podcast and be vulnerable and real with you guys. And so, um, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for, um, just various things that the Lord has taught me over these last few months that I am just so thankful I get to share with you all and it's just going to be a fun time. So I also want to thank you all for the patience (laughs) since it has been eight months since season three ended and I ended it very abruptly. I did not say I was ending it and then I just posted the last episode and then I was like, okay, I'm done. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye, Felicia. (laughs) Um, So anyway, just thank you for for sticking through with me. Um, So yeah, I also want to just welcome the new listeners who have also joined the Convos fam welcome. Thank you for joining the podcast. And if you guys have any questions, feel free to DM me at Convos with Kayla. And also make sure to share this episode with friends and family to subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify and to check back in next week for episode two. So I'll talk to you guys later and remember that our God is good and we can take on courage and no matter what you're going through, it is to advance the gospel ultimately for his glory. All right, I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.